not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray before you have a seat. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being so good to us. We thank you, Father, that heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word will never pass away. And so, Father, I step back now so the Spirit of God can use me to speak the oracles of God to your people. And I thank you in advance that signs, miracles, and wonders always follow your word if we believe it. And so, Father, we believe it. And we thank you for changes in our lives that will reflect the promises of your word. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray that everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house and you may be seated at home. Well, I'm excited because on last week I started a new series and we called it The Power of Choice. Everybody say The Power of Choice. Now, if you're watching us online or if you're physically here in the building, if you didn't get an opportunity on last week to watch or view uh, or listen to the message, I want to encourage you to go back and do that. Amen? Now, the goal of the series is to help you and I understand the effect that the choices that we make have in our lives, the effect that these choices have on our future generations. And then what I'm going to do is show you how to make uh, decisions based on God's word that will produce life and purpose for your life. So if you're taking notes this morning, if you're taking notes at home, our message title is Choose the Word. Just look at somebody next to you with your mask on and tell them, choose the word. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, let's go back to our foundational text that we used on last week, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to look in verse 15 through 20. I'm reading out of the King James, the New King James Version of the Bible. And then the rest of our lesson, I'll be going through different versions. It says now in verse 15, and this was God telling Moses to say this to his people. And I want us to receive it as if God is talking to us today. He says, see, I have set before you today, watch this, good, life and good, death and evil. Everybody say life and good, death and evil. He says, in that day, I command you to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Verse 17 says, but if your heart turns away so that you don't hear. And I want you to notice that because the only time it makes it difficult for us to hear God is when our hearts start shifting from him. He says, if your heart turns away that you do not hear and you're drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, then I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go and possess. And then verse 19 is a very powerful verse. He says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. 
that I have set before you. Read it with me, class. Life and, come on, one more time. Life and, come on, one more time. Life and, he says, I've set before you life and death. Watch this. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose what, class? Come on, what? Come on, what? He said, listen, I'm setting before you death and life, blessings and cursings. But he says, I want you to choose life. And here is why, that you both and your descendants may live. Amen. Now, if we could summarize what we just read in today's context and put it in principle form, this is what it would sound like. A life choice is a Christ choice, but a death choice is a flesh choice. Everybody say with me, a life choice. Come on, let's say it together. A life choice. Okay, y'all say it after me. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. At home, I want you to say it with me. Say, a life choice is a Christ choice. And a death choice is a flesh choice. Very good. So I have three points. Everybody say three points. I have three points that I believe will help give you insight and motivation on why you and I need to choose the word for our lives on a consistent basis. And I'm hoping that after today's message, it'll motivate you and I to consume the word like we've never done before. So before we get into the first point, I really want to explain to you why I have chosen to focus on us choosing the word. And you may not have thought about this, but you and I must choose the way of the word in our everyday life. See, it's not like when you make Jesus your savior, you do that one time because you can't get saved more than once. But when it comes to the word, we must choose the word every day. In some cases, we may have to choose the word every minute. Why? Because life circumstances will determine what we do and how we respond. It's not a choice we make one time when it comes to the word. It's one that we have to consciously choose as we navigate through life and difficult situations. Someone say amen to that. So now if you're taking notes, here's point number one as we jump into today's message. When we choose the word light comes. When we choose the word, light comes. Psalm 119, 130 helps us to see this principle. I want us to look at this verse. I'm reading out of the King James Version. I want you to notice what it says. It says, the entrance of your word gives life. It gives understanding to the simple. Now, when you look up that word light, it means illumination. He's saying whenever God's word enters into our heart, it will produce illumination or light. The word understanding there means discernment and instruction. So when we choose to digest the word, it causes light or illumination to come. And then when this light or this illumination come, watch this now, discernment and instructions are now available to be received. Now, God gave me a powerful verse when we were building our building. This verse, most of you know the verse. And the only reason I'm repeating this verse is because there may be some people watching me at home that may not know what it is. But this verse was found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. It says, verse 10 says, Moreover, this was God talking to the children of Israel, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And when you're reading God's word, you need to personalize it. And as I was reading that, 
I said, oh, no, he's talking to me for word of truth. So every time I would read this verse, it would sound like this. Moreover, God will appoint a place for my people, word of truth, family, church. And I'm going to plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Now, if you've never heard that verse or don't know really what's going on here at Word of Truth Family Church, at the time, we were in the process of building the building that we're in right now. And what you have to understand is for 13 years, we had to move around and move in and out of a school every Sunday. When you do the calculations, it was over 700 times that we set up and broke down. 700 times to move in and out. Amen. So when I heard that verse, I was like, wow. Everybody say, the entrance of his word produces light. And when I heard that verse, light came. But then we started doing construction and we ran into a problem. And let me just say this. When you're navigating through life, even if you're doing what God told you to do, you have to understand that there are going to be times that you run into roadblocks. I mean, even Jesus and his disciples on the way to the other side ran into a storm. Amen. And so what happened is we ran into a problem with construction. The bank that we were working with at the time, they wanted me to sign this waiver, this piece of paper that I didn't feel comfortable signing. Pastor Evan is a business person before I was a pastor. And so what I did, I sent this paper to my pastor and he said well don't sign that right now and then I sent that same piece of paper over to our attorneys and they say don't sign that right now so here's the question what do I do and then to make matters worse the funding for us to complete construction was tied to this piece of paper that I was not feeling comfortable to sign so you say well Pastor Evan what did you do well guess what I had to at least wait on the rest of Psalm 119 130 remember the illumination came when I read the verse he's going to move us in a place of our own and that we move no more that's where light came but now I'm waiting on understanding or instruction and discernment and so what happened After reviewing the paperwork and doing some research, everybody who told me not to sign the paper told me to sign the paper. Well, guess what? That's when now instruction and discernment kicked in. And that's why you can find it in Proverbs 24, 6. This is what it says. For by wise counsel, you make war and in the multitude of counsel, there is what class? There is safety. And so at that point, for the first time in my pastoral career, I allowed the multitude of counselors to make the decision for me. Because now the multitude of counsel lined up with scripture and everybody who was advising me had my best interest and our church's best interest at hand. And so guess what? I allowed the multitude of counsel to make the decision and sign the papers. And here we are today in the facility fully finished. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that. Now, here's the thing. The problem with most people, look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me right now. He ain't talking to me. I know you got your mask on. Now look at him again and say, but he talking to you though. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you at home. See, the problem with most people is that they use their girlfriends, their homeboys, their co-workers, and their families as their counselors. 
No, no, he didn't say in the multitude of counsel. He said wise counsel. And listen, some of your friends and girlfriends and buddies don't have wise counsel. Let let me say this to you. If you go down to someone who is below your spiritual position or below your spiritual IQ to get some wisdom, guess what? You are going in the wrong direction. And most people who go down in spiritual position or go down in spiritual IQ to talk to somebody to get some wisdom, they're only doing that because they want that person's sympathy or approval. Amen. Never go down for wise advice. Go up. Everybody say, never go down. Always go up. Amen. And God's word will always, listen, produce the light that you and I need for our lives. And if it, if we allow it to get inside of our hearts, then it'll begin to shine the light on our way. Listen to Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20. It says, my son, keep thy father's commandments. Keep his what? Keep his commandments or his word and then forsake not the law or the words of your mother. He says in verse 21, bind them upon your heart. Bind what? The law, his word, his commandments. Bind them around your heart. Tie them around your neck. And when you go, that word or those commandments are going to do what? Lead you. And then he says in verse 22, when you go, it's going to lead you. When you sleep, it's going to keep you. And then I love this. When you wake up, that word is going to talk to you. See, the problem is the reason you wake up worrying is because you went to bed worrying. Now, what you need to do is go, go to bed wording so you can wake up wording. Not worrying, wording. Amen. And last week I said a life choice is a Christ choice. And when you and I allow Jesus to guide us, it will always profit our lives. And so when we choose the light or the way of the word, listen, God will show us the path we need to go on. And you have to understand, listen now, God's way always includes three things. His way includes hindsight, insight, and foresight. Everybody say hindsight, insight, and foresight. In other words, when God is instructing us based on his word, he's always looking from the perspective of hindsight, insight, and foresight. I'm going to read the New Living Translation of Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9. This is what it says. This was God talking. He says, remember the things that I have done in the past. Everybody say that's that's hindsight. And this is why when you're going through something, hindsight is good as long as you're looking at how God's brought you through. Amen. Amen. He says, look, remember the things that I've done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10 says, only I can tell you the future before it happens. I'm talking to somebody watching through the lens. You are depending on your horoscope. Man wrote that. God already knows your future. You say, well, Pastor Evan, I I don't know about my future. Well, I'm going to help you with your future because God already knows what that is. And I'm going to show you through the lesson that once you connect with God through his word, you'll be able to now tap into what he has for you. He says, everything I plan will come to pass for whatever I, I do, whatever I wish. Now, the King James version of that verse says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none like me. 
I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10. And this is what he does. He says, declaring the end before the beginning. Now, you have to be really smart to know the end of something before it started. I mean, it's like knowing that the Cowboys are going to win before they start the game. Hallelujah, Cowboy fans. Okay, here we go. God said declaring the end before the beginning. So let me say it like this. God has the ability, watch this, to survey the past, make a decision in the present, fast forward into the future, see how that decision worked out, then back back up to the present and then watch this now, rewind us back to today and then speaks to us from his word and tell us to make the decision. Okay, I'm going to say it again because you missed it. Listen to this. God has the ability to survey the past and then come back into the present and make the decision. Then he fast forwards into the future to see how that decision works out. Then he rewinds us back and then gives us or speaks to us from his word to make that decision. And let me tell you why that's good. That's good because he already knows what's going to happen before we do it. And if we will just trust him and his word, they will lead us and guide us into all truth. That's guaranteed success right there. Listen to this. God's word is like a navigation system designed to lead you into God's promised land for your life. I'm going to say that again. God's word is like a navigation system. It's designed to lead you into God's promised land for your life. Amen. Psalm 119.105 says this. Thy word is a what? Lamp unto my feet. And it is a light unto my path. So you would think that all of this positive uh, information about his word, we would focus in on his word. So here's my question. Why, Why do you and I don't connect to the word like we should? Well, let me say this. When you live a word-based life, everybody say a word-based life. When you live a word-based life, it will connect you to God's will, his promises, his direction. And in that, you'll get your identity because his word, listen, has the DNA wrapped up in it to give you your, your instructions in life. And when you choose the word, the promises in the word choose you. I'm going to say that again. When you, when you choose the word, then the promises in the word choose you. Now, there are four things that keep us back from really choosing the word. Here's number one if you're taking notes. Four things. Number one, our, phob- our phobias. Now, I'm going to give you all four and then we're going to talk about them. And these are things that keep us back from obeying the word. So just, you know, ask yourself, what's keeping me back from forgiving? It really ain't about what the person did. It's really not even about them apologizing. Because at the end of the day, if somebody did something to you and they never apologized, and that's what you're waiting on, I'm talking to somebody right now through the lens, 
if, if you're waiting on that apology so that you can forgive them and they die in the process, then that means they took your forgiveness to the grave with them. Everybody say our phobias. Our phobias keep us back. Our pride keeps us back. Our past pains keep us back. And our perception, which is tainted by Satan, is what keeps us back. So let's talk about our phobias for a minute. What are phobias? Phobias are the fears that we have that hold us hostage, watch this, to the script that the devil has written that we've decided to believe. I'm going to say that again. The fears, the phobias that we have that keep us back from connecting or choosing the word. See, this is why a lot of people haven't learned how to give yet. Because their phobias is when I give, I'm not going to have enough. But see, that shows that they don't know enough about the word, which says when you give, it shall be given back to you. How? Not just because what you gave. He said, good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Phobias are the fears that we have that holds us hostage to the script that the devil has written that we decided to believe. Here's what the second one is, our pride. And this is when we believe that our way is the best way, regardless of what God's word says. And this is when we stop listening to people, watch this, who are not of our opinion. Typically, when we're functioning in pride, we listen to nobody. That's three words, nobody. Now, just look at your neighbor and shake your head. Go ahead and do that. Just shake your head. Those of you who are at home, just do like this. That means I'm talking to you. Praise the Lord. So our pride, our phobias. Here's number three, our past pains. And these are things that keep us from choosing the word, our past pains. And this is when we allow the pain of our past, listen, to overtake our souls to the point that our feelings dictate what we do, which now causes us to disregard from choosing the word. See, when you and I allow the past of what we got hurt from, if we don't watch it, if we allow it to dictate us, then that pain will cause us now to overtake our souls and then you will be what Drake says, in your feelings. Come on now, have you ever been in your feelings and you said something you shouldn't have said to anybody? Let me see. You ever been in your feelings and you gave somebody a piece of your mind? Some of y'all need to go and get it back, get it back. Get, get, get it back. Our phobias, our pride, our past feelings. Here's, our, here's the fourth one. These are things that keep us back from con, uh, choosing the word. Our perception, which has been tainted by Satan. This is where Satan has whispered a lie to us. We believe it. And therefore, now it perverts our perception. And then when our perception is, is, is blurred, then we see things, but we see them wrong. And once you have wrong perception, it leads to deception. And deception always leads to wrong direction. I'll give you an example. This week, uh, for the last month, I'd be driving and, and I can't see the signs good. Now, now I'm nearsighted, which the definition in the optrician world, that if you're nearsighted, means you can see far, but you can't see near. I know that's weird, right? If you're nearsighted, it sounds like you, should, you can see near and can't see far. No, it's opposite. So I haven't been able to see the signs good. I'm like, man, my, my eyes have changed. I need to go back to the eye doctor and get, get checked. And so yesterday, I'm reading the Word. I'm studying, and I'm being challenged seeing up close. I said, man, I wonder did I put my contacts in the wrong eyes. 
See, I have contact lenses, and uh, they're gas perms. They're not soft. They're not hard. They're in the middle. So I can sleep with them without taking them out. But every now and then I take them out, clean them, and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, I noticed that I couldn't even see that good up front. Now, I've been struggling like this for a month. I'm just thinking I need to go to the eye doctor. Watch this. I can see, but I say I can't see clearly. So yesterday I took both contacts out. And you say, well, Pastor, how can that happen? See, when they give them to you at first, the right contact normally has a black dot on it. So you can always distinguish between the right and the left. But over time, when you wear them, that black dot wears off. So my black dot had wore off. So when I took them out, obviously the last time, I got them mixed up because there was no dot on either one of them. And I put them in the wrong eye. Well, yesterday I took them out and swapped them up again and put them in. I can see clearly now the fog is gone. I can see all star signs on 287. See, the problem with deception is that you seeing, but you seeing wrong. See, I was seeing, but I wasn't seeing wrong. Someone say amen to that. Only the word, which is the gospel of truth, can tear down lies from the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 says this. But if our gospel, if the word is hid, it is hid to those who are lost, in whom the God of this world, watch this, has blinded the minds of those who believe not, lest the light, there it is now, lest the light of the gospel or the light of the word, who is uh, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine. Watch Acts chapter 26, verse 15, because my point is showing you this. The best way to stay out of deception is to stay in the Word. Watch what he says. He says, now this was God when he had, uh, Christ had an encounter, or Saul had an encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. So he's saying, who are you, Lord? And he says, well, I'm Jesus whom you persecuted. He says, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. I'm going to make you a minister and a witness, both the things which you have seen and the things which I'm going to reveal to you. Verse 17 says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as the Gentiles. He's in trouble, man. Everybody's going to be mad at this dude. And then he says in verse 18, I'm going to send you, watch this, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness. Now, wait a minute. Let me ask you something. What have we read so far that has the ability to open our eyes? Light. He says, listen, I will, I'm going to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to what? Light. And from the power of Satan to God. So listen, darkness is equivalent to Satan and light is equivalent to God. Do you see that? Amen. So you and I need to choose the word. Why? Because when we do, light comes. And when light comes, discernment and instructions are now available to be received. So what else, will, you know, what else happens? Well, point number two, when we choose the word, watch this, faith comes. When we choose the word, faith comes. Watch Romans ten seventeen. It says, so then, watch this class, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? It, listen, if you want faith over the coronavirus, you need to stop listening to the news. Because faith don't come from CBN. Faith does not come from CBS. 
Faith does not come from ABC. Faith does not come from the Dallas Morning News. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what class? The word of God. So faith is produced, listen, when we hear the word, because the word, listen, is genetically designed to produce faith when we hear it. Now, I want, I want us to reread this verse because there is something in this verse that I probably, you probably not seen before. So let's discover something new about Rom, Romans 10, 17. It says, so then faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing what? By the word of God. Now, it does not say faith comes by knowledge and knowledge by the word of God. It didn't say that. It said faith comes by what? hearing it didn't say faith comes by knowledge and that's why even a lot of religious people don't know how to function in faith in their lives because knowledge does not necessarily produce faith hearing does amen and this is why the word listen doesn't seem to work for some people because we may know the word but we're not hearing the word it's active in our head it's dormant in our heart but it's silent in our mouth i mean pastor polo said it today you gotta speak to the mountain you talking about it listen when you talk about your problems the size of your problem goes up And the level of your faith goes down. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word that was preached did not work for them. It was not profitable. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith to them that heard it let me point it out again notice now he says that the word not being mixed with faith in them that heard it that's what that 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 verse says but that verse did not say watch this now that the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that knew it and this is the problem a lot of people know the word but they don't hear enough of the word to be able to function in faith You can, listen, you can, you can know your ABCs, but if you don't learn how to read, they're not going to do you no good. Amen. Your faith, listen, knowledge is designed to produce understanding, but faith is designed to be heard so believing can take place. Your faith will never work by you just knowing God's word. That word must be transferred from knowledge to hearing so that faith can be produced because the end result is to be able to believe. And it takes faith in God's word to access his promises. And this is where most people have, uh, they don't have a lot of manifestation of promises of God in their life. Why? Because they might know the Bible. I know people who know the Bible. Watch this though. But they don't know faith. Amen. It takes faith to access these promises. And listen, at the end of the day, your dreams are connected by your faith. Your healing is connected to your faith. Your prosperity is connected to your faith. Your identity in Christ is connected to your faith. And listen, and your faith is connected to you pleasing God. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. So our faith, when we connect to the word, it helps us to please God. Hebrews eleven eleven says, through faith, 
Sarah received strength in her old age because she judged him faithful. Watch this, who had promised. So Sarah, Sarah was able to have faith to have a baby because she judged him faithful who gave her the promise. Do you see the connection with faith and promises? You need faith to receive God's promises for your life. Amen. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. It talks about uh, faith going through the Red Sea. And by faith, the walls of Jericho came down, verse 30. And verse 31, it says, By faith, uh, the harlot Rahab perished not. And then it says, verse 32, What shall I say the more? For the time would fail me to talk about Gideon and Barak and Samson of Jephthah and of David and of Samuel and all of the prophets. Watch verse 33. All of these people... They, through faith, what did they do? They subdued kingdoms. And through their faith, they wrought righteousness. And through their faith, I want you to see it, what did they do? They obtained the promises of God. And if you are going to obtain the promises of God in your life, if you want to see what God says you should have in your life, you have to obtain those promises by faith. You say, well, Pastor Evan, how do I do that? Well, your faith will never get to a level where it can access the promise until your faith is hearing something. Well, what does it need to hear? It needs to hear the word. So when you start feeling, this is why you, you got to get to a point where you walk by faith and not by your feelings. You have to open your mouth up and begin to declare what God says instead of what you're feeling. And the reason we must choose the word is so that faith could come in our lives and we can better our lives with the faith that God has given us. Amen. Here's point number three, and we're closing right here. Why should we choose the word? The first reason why we need to choose the word. Why? Because we must choose. See, at the end of the day, you're going to choose something. I mean, some of us are choosing Henny. Y'all know who he is? You know, some of y'all got him at home sitting right over there on the side. Henny really ain't your friendy. You have to choose the word for light to come. Then you choose the word so faith can come. Here's number three. We choose the word so that connection to the Father comes. Watch this now. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the what class? was the Word, and the Word was what? With God, and the Word what? Was God. So listen, that means God and the Word are one. So when you choose the Word, watch this, now you and God stay connected because He and His Word are one. When we choose the Word, it connects us to the Father, which now connects us or keeps us connected to His heart and His thoughts. And this is important because when things get difficult in your life and you need direction or if you need reassurance or if you need, you know, some hope, then you, when, when you connect to the Word, you connect to the Father. And when you connect to the Father, you'll be able to hear His thoughts towards you. Someone say amen to that. Now, I'm about to give you a take-home statement that is worth this whole sermon. And this week, I just want you to play this over and over and over. And I'm about to challenge you. I'm about to challenge you. Here's the take-home statement. Until you accept as true that the Bible is God talking to you, you will never depend on it with your life. I'm going to say that again. 
until you accept as truth that the Bible is God talking to you, then you will never depend on the Bible like your life depends on it. Think about this. If you were in the middle of the ocean and you had a life raft and that was the only thing floating in the ocean and you couldn't swim, you would hold on to that life raft as your life depends on it. Well, when you're going through storms in life, when difficulty has cropped its head, when you're going through problems on your job, listen, you stand on the word like your life depends on it. Amen. Why? Because God's word is his active thoughts toward us. And because his thoughts and his ways and his word, listen, supersede ours, we have to choose to allow his word to be our main connection to him. Why? Because God's words are his thoughts. And I want you to get this because sometimes when people go through dark times, they say, well, Pastor Evan, I can't hear God. I can't feel God. I can't sense God. I don't know. It seems like God is not with me. No, that's not it. See, you have to understand, if you know his word, you know him. And if you know him, you know his word. Watch what now Isaiah 55 verse 8, as we close here in the NIV version, it says this. For my thoughts, this is God talking. He says, my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. Neither are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Watch what he's about to do. He's about to compare his thoughts to his word. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and does not return without it watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and for bread for the eater. Watch verse 11. So is my word that comes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it, the word, will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What did he do? He just compared his thoughts to his word. And that's how you know what God is thinking about you. I love this verse. This is now Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, for I know the thoughts. This is God talking. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you future and a hope. And let me tell you something. Now, this is just a belief that I have. I believe the reason lots of people do not feel close to God is because they never tell him how they feel. They only ask him for stuff. Oh, I'm going to say that again. A lot of people don't feel close to God. And it's not because God is not there, but they never feel close to God because they never talk to him about how they feel. They only talk to him about getting stuff. Think about this. The more you talk to somebody about your personal problems, the closer you feel to them, don't you? Yeah, that's why when they betray you, you be like, doggone, I ain't telling nobody nothing else. Well, no, the only reason you feel like that is because you open up to them. And when you and I open up to God, you say, well, Pastor Evan, he already knows how I feel. Why do I need to tell him how I feel? Because when you tell him how you feel, it'll change how you feel because he'll give you his thoughts towards you and you'll realize that how you feel, listen, doesn't matter. What he feels is what really matters. Amen. So, 1 John 5, 7, this is our last scripture. It says this, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. 
Notice that. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Here's the thing. We stay connected to the Father when we stay connected to His Word. And I've never seen in my lifetime so many wordless Christians We're moved by circumstances. We are, listen, we believe the report of our friends more than we believe the report of the Lord. And the problem is this. You're going to have what you say. You're not going to have what your friends say about you unless you believe it. And how do you know if you believe it? Do you just start saying what they say? Well, I guess I'm going to, yeah. Girl, I heard you're going to get terminated. I heard you're going to get laid off. Your whole department is being dissolved. And then that you, you, start to, you go home and tell your husband, you know, I, I heard that uh, my whole department is going to get dissolved. So uh, uh, I don't know. We need to, I'm going to start looking for a job. And so now you start talking, you start talking, and your whole department does not get dissolved, but you do. Because you had what you said. So how do we apply today's message? Here's number one. This is going to be a challenge. This is how we, this is where application comes in. Make it a goal to let the first thing you listen to in the morning or watch, let it be the word. Don't let it be Facebook. Don't let it be Instagram. Don't let it be the news. Don't let it be the radio. Don't let it be music. You say, well, Pastor, I love praise and worship. Listen, the only reason there is praise and worship is because there is the Word. I mean, I love praise and worship, but what are you singing about? You're singing about the Word and the God of the Word. Let the first thing, let the goal be the first thing you listen to or watch in the morning be the Word. Here's number two. Make a goal of a certain time so many minutes, and a certain amount to read alone and then allow the Word to play while you read it. See, now two senses are getting involved, your eyes and your ears, where what I will do is I'll get the Bible version and I will take what I'm reading and I'll hit play and I'll let the man talk, you know. I choose my voices. So there's a man and he talks. I don't know his name. I'm going to call him Steve. And as Steve reads, I read along and listen. So I want you to do that. And I want you to pick a time and pick a certain amount. You say, what do you mean? Say, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm listen to the word for 15 minutes a day or 10 minutes, whatever it is. Make it a goal. Here's number three. Watch or listen to at least one sermon by me or someone else who teaches faith at least four days out of seven with the goal being all seven. What am I saying? I'm saying, listen, watch or listen to the word every day. I'm going to say four out of seven, but with the goal of doing it every day. You say, well, Pastor Evan, why does it have to be you? I'm your pastor. Come on now. Now, after you watch me, then go ahead and watch your favorite preacher. I ain't got no problems with that. But listen. When your output exceeds your input, failure's on the way. When you say failure, I mean faith failure. When your output, 
when you're giving out more than what's coming in, faith ain't coming. And, w- and listen, that's why when that bill comes, faith ain't with it because faith ain't been coming from the beginning. Faith, faith, come on. Hey, hey. Faith way down the street. That bill in your hand. Then we start crying. Then we start calling. Right? So you and I must watch or listen. I mean, we're so privileged in the world to be able to watch a sermon. So here's the challenge. I need you all to watch this sermon right here. Because some of y'all need to get in the Word. Not some. All of us need to get in the Word, right? How am I going to know you did it? We average about 3,000 views after a week on Facebook and about 1,500, 12 to 1,500 on YouTube. Those numbers are to double after this week because everybody who's watching, if you watch it one more time this week, then those numbers are to double. Are y'all with me right now? I'm not trying to get higher numbers. I'm trying to get some faith on the inside of you. Someone say amen to that. So, with every head bowed, there are some people watching me today. And your view of the Father has been skewed by your view of your earthly father. There are some people watching me that you've allowed the, the non-fruit in Christian's life to keep you from being a Christian. Well, God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you. And the Bible says, and whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And there are some people that need to choose Jesus today. Even someone in the room, if there's you, if you're here today and if you're watching me and you say, Pastor Edmund, if I die today, I'm not, I'm not really sure if I'd go to heaven. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Because there's appointed unto man once to die, the Bible says, and then after that, the judgment. And I don't know if you're paying attention to the signs of this life, but we're moving closer to the end than what you really think. And there's a real heaven, and there's a real hell. There's a real God, and there's a real devil. But you know what? God designed us to live in eternity with him. But we're the ones that have to make that decision. And so right there at home with your head bowed, if you're not 100% sure that when you died, you go to heaven, I want to pray for you. And then there's some people.